Hey everyone, I'm Zach with Medicine Journeys, and I'm sitting here with Jake. Is it Jake Houston or Houston? How do you say, say your last name? Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah. I've been struggling with that and haven't asked you for a long time, um, so I'm glad I know now. So Jake mm -hmm. is the owner of Casa Otorongo in Genaro Herrera. Genaro Herrera. <laughs> um, and he is not only going to allow us to do a ayahuasca retreat there, it's the uh, ayahuasca alchemy retreat, uh, illuminate your destiny. And so he's going to be the host, but he's also, Jake is a graduate of the Four Winds Society, the uh, Alberto Viodo School. And so he's going to help out with doing the illuminations and soul retrievals. In fact, He's the reason that we're able to expand the guest count from, say, four people all the way up to eight people because we need an extra person like Jake who can do the illuminations and soul retrievals. So um, this is the beginning of what I think is going to be a really amazing relationship with Jake and Casa Otorongo. Uh, and with all of that said, um, Jake, can you tell us your, your background and how you ended up with... Casa Otorongo in Genaro Herrera, Herrera of all places. I mean, it's it's kind of an unusual place to end up in Peru. So I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much, Zach, for the intro. And yeah, I'm super fired up for everything that that we're working on together. And um, you know, like you said, there's been a lot of like synchronicities and cool stuff that's that's brought it all together. So. Um, my heart is, you know, beaming with excitement for, uh, you know, this first retreat in February. Um, yeah, in terms of my background, like, you know, I won't get into my entire origin story and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But like, you know, grew up in the suburbs outside of Toronto in Mississauga up in Canada, for those who know it. Um, and, you know, grew up as like a fairly well-rounded kid, you know, stuff like that, but always had this, um, you know, sort of like, vision of how my life would unfold from a pretty young mm -hmm. age in terms of like, okay, I want to achieve, you know, society's definition of success, whatever that meant. And then, you know, go way off, you know, and, and, and do something like mystical uh -huh. or in the wilderness or, you know, with nature or something like that. I was really young. Like I didn't know what it was, but I always almost saw this like shape of, you know, my life unfolding that way. Huh. Um, so the way, I guess I, you know, started to explore spirituality mostly through the, you know, path of plants, um, you know, like as a youngster growing up, you know, encountered cannabis, um, you know, had had experiences that were just like really profound and, you know, where I felt like, whoa, the plants like talking to me and, you know, stuff like that, like from a pretty young age, um, mm -hmm. you know, and at that time um, when I was in like high school and stuff like that, um, I guess somehow ayahuasca got into my consciousness. I think maybe through Terrence McKenna or, you know, folks like that who were talking on YouTube, you know, something like that. Um, so that, so I really like, I had a close friend actually named Jeremy who who passed away. So I just wanted to, you know, shout him out here. But him and I, like, we were really like explorers together mm. from a pretty young age in terms of getting into, you know, exploring plants and stuff like that, right? without structure at first, because, you know, we were young and, and just curious and, and all of that. But him and I, from like a young age, wanted to go down to the jungles of Peru and drink ayahuasca, you know, and learn from shamans and stuff like that. So I had that like, wow. pretty early on kind of pop into my awareness and, and be something I wanted to do. Um, so but then after high school, I went into business school. So I took that route. I was like, you know, I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur as well. Um, so I was like, oh, that's what they teach at business school. Not quite, but, uh, is what I figured <laughs> out. I got involved in startup companies, um, in my first year. So I joined, a, a company that was, you know, just starting, it was the founders and they had like a minimum viable, you know, product. Um, and they were looking for someone to help them expand what they were doing. And it was a mobile app for students. So mm -hmm. like th at this time there was like the iPhone 3G or something like that, you oh, know, wow. this new, yeah. Yeah. So it's like really like 
exciting and alluring. And, um, you know, we were like, there was Facebook at campuses, but then Facebook became bigger. So we were like, whoa, there's nothing for campuses. Like we can build this social network and stuff. So I got involved in entrepreneurship through being like the first employee, the first non-founder of this, you know, early oh, stage, wow. like startup company. Uh-huh. And, then, and then I worked in that world um, throughout my university, after university uh, for, you know, about eight years or so. Um, so just to like explain my background, like I um, built sales teams that did like cold outreach in terms of calling and emailing and stuff like that to try to, you know, win clients um, you know, find people that we could help these different universities, colleges, institutions. So that was kind of like where I cut my teeth in terms of like becoming a leader and, you know, uh, working in the business world and, you know, just kind of scratching this entrepreneurial itch. I joined the company because I wanted to learn how to build my own tech company at that point, because uh-huh. I was like, wow, tech companies are what, you know, becomes really big in the world and stuff. And I want to learn to make one. And that's where the future's at and stuff at that time. So that's kind of, I was on that path. But all throughout, you know, I was the person like, you know, going home and like, you know, doing like kind of deep plant ceremonies, like on my Mm. own and, you know, stuff like that. And, um, and then in my, in my last year of university or my second last year, I actually went to Peru, um, to drink ayahuasca with my sister actually. And we went to Huaraz. So we went to the way in, which, you know, with Alex Good and that crew. Exactly. (laughs) Um, We went there just, oh, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, this is one of the synchronicities. Um, myself and Gume actually started that ayahuasca program uh, at the weigh-in. Um, we got it going. And then Gume's cousin came in later and took over, and that's that's who Jake um, drank ayahuasca with for the first time. Uh, <laughs> I'm stoked to drink with you. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Arnaldo and Roosevelt. Roosevelt, that was uh, the other maestro who, who worked with him. Okay. So... Yeah, like I was up, um, you know, in the Cordillera Blanca, like in that region at the weigh-in, um, you know, and I was like 21 at the time. And that was kind of my first exposure to ayahuasca um, and had four ceremonies. And the thing that happened during that retreat was I just had this like overwhelming sense of knowing uh, one morning after ceremony that like this would be what I do with my life. Like this would be a huge part of my life's work. It, it just... I am getting chills, like, as I say it, but I could just see how it fit together. So many of these different diverse interests that I had and specifically like, you know, running the retreat center and like managing it and, you know, the business side along with, you know, the spiritual path that that goes with it and and learning the plants and the medicine and, and all that stuff. So I was like crying like a little baby. Like I was like in the sharing circle in the morning, I just had this like overwhelming feeling and I just couldn't stop crying and crying and crying. Um, so that's where there was like this seed planted, you know, for, for this whole path. And at the time when I met with the maestro, he told me, you know, the medicine's very fond of you and, you know, uh, you're welcome to be my apprentice if you'd like, and, you know, stuff like that. He sort of like offered that to me at the time, but I was 21 in university, you know, early stages of working on this, like promising, you know, tech startup that was going to be like the new Facebook of universities. Right. So I wanted to see that through. And like, that was my plan at the time. I was like, I'm going to work in the business world, you know, make like a bag of cash from that. And then I'm going to do that, like jump and get into all this. So, you know, I like respectfully kind of like declined the invitation for that, you know, time, but I sort of at that point, really felt decided that that's the route I would take eventually type thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And one thing that's just kind of really special and interesting, um, just in terms of like, you know, a little bit of the magic of the story, if you will. um, I saw this one vision in one of the ceremonies where I saw like a continent basically. And I thought it was Africa. It was like this elephant shaped continent. Um, And there was this like literally crosshairs, like a sniper rifle um, type, you know, bullseye on the top left of this continent. Um, And it was like glowing and showing me this. So then beside it, I saw these letters and it said Avery. Um, So, you know, I had journaled about it and I drew this down and I, I still have it in a notebook, like this continent with this little spot marked and this name. 
and I had no idea what it was. You know, I went back into my life later. Um, you know, I always tell this just for fun, just to like show how sometimes the rational mind tries to like figure out or like solve the ayahuasca vision and how, you know, that's not necessarily the way to go about it. Um, but eventually I had a girlfriend, um, you know, that I was deeply, deeply in love with. And, um, you know, I basically thought she was from Morocco. So I'm like, oh, like that's that's what it was about. Like the, you know, northwest of Morocco, the top left of Africa is where Morocco is. So I was like, that's what this vision was all about. And wow, like maybe we'll name our like baby daughter, like Avery in the future or something like that, you know? Um, so that didn't end up being the case, of course. Um, now fast forward, like, let's say eight years, eight and a half years, I worked in that startup company I was in from $0 to 5 million. Um, I was the first salesperson in that company. So like doing the deals myself then building out a team of people. So that was quite the ride. Um, and then I got, you know, kind of a reputation for being like a savvy, you know, sales leader for early stage companies. So I went, uh, to another, you know, early stage company that had just raised like a seed round, um, that was looking to expand. And I was a sales leader there for a year. Um, and then I went into another company after, um, that, you know, really, really kind of blew up and, you know, we like IPO'd and stuff like that. Oh, sure. So, you know, just to mm -hmm. kind of insert a little bit of that, like professional background. And the reason that I bring that in is because I'm very passionate about like bridging these two worlds together, right? Like how do we, you know, harness our, you know, down to earth, practical, professional, sort of ambitious material realm oriented self. And then how do we integrate that and, you know, create harmony with, you know, the spiritual seeking, you know, um, a path that, that, that many of us are on. Um, so yeah, I think they're both very complimentary and like, this is something you and I have talked a lot about Zach is like walking the middle way. Um, and how, like, you know, having like really grounded examples of people that, you know, have prowess or whatever word you want to use in kind of both worlds is, is really interesting. Yeah. So that's why I just like yeah. bring that in is just to kind of, um, you know, talk about that a little bit. So, you know, I did that and then I ran my health into the ground. I had this kind of like dark night of the soul type of, um, you know, experience where I hit like a rock bottom with my health. Um, you know, I was working like around the clock for the most part. That was like what I did. That's what my life revolved around. Um, you know, I didn't have like healthy ways of regulating my nervous system or, you know, things like that. So I reached this point where I had like gallstones and like, oh. um, you know, I had this like pretty gory, I'll, I'll spare all the details, but like health experience. And, you know, I went in the hospital and, you know, in and out a couple of times and like, yeah. So I just had this big, like physical and emotional kind of, you know, rock bottom type moment. I wow. recovered from that. Um, I made a lot of changes to my life. And then I basically um, was like, you know what? And, and at the same time, once I kind of recovered from that, it was like right around when COVID was hitting um, and I was spending a lot of time just like alone inside. And that's when I was, everything was just like really calling, calling back to me in terms of like, I just wanted to listen to medicine music all the time mm. and like listen to Icaros. And, you know, I was just like really like remembering and feeling back into like feeling that calling kind of, you know, come back to me. Um, so then I was like, okay, like this is the time, like I kind of had a, you know, modern medicine was there to, you know, take care of me and stuff like that in terms of this like severe issue that I had. But to me, that was like coming up and brushing up against, you know, death in a little bit of a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like kind of having those reflections of like, all right, if I was going to pass away, like, no, I'd want to like send it and head down to the jungle and be learning, you know, shamanism and curanderismo and, and, and walking that path. So that's what I'm going to do now. So I decided with just like a lot of conviction at that point that I was going to, you know, pull the cord from that chapter of life and like move into the other. So then I started like looking online um, for retreat centers and stuff like that, because like I was very committed to it. And I'm like, I'm just going to like do this and like, um, you know, sell off what I can and then like, you know, deploy some capital to like buy a piece of land, get a retreat center and just, you know, show up in the jungle and you know, find a teacher and, and, and kind of go from go there for it. Um, so yeah, just, go for it. Right. Just um, go for it, yeah. And it's funny. I didn't know about four winds or any of the sort of Andean cosmovision then or anything, but I was seeing all these colibris and, 
um oh. i had this kind of romance with this woman that like from mexico that like made me go to mexico um and she had a colibri tattoo and i met her in this weird place and and she was talking to me about ayahuasca like right when i met her and it you know it felt like a messenger from spirit that was like pulling me you know that way through ways that would you know work on uh my previous self at that time right oh, so nice. um you know the colibri represents like the call to adventure and like you know following like your heart right and just like sending it and, and being yeah. courageous so that and was destiny. interesting um and in destiny right um and before that just to, to tie in another funny little synchronicity now that i reflect is like um when i was going through all those health issues and like sort of recovering from that after um i wanted to get snakes for some reason like i just i like got these two snakes and put them in my in my apartment um cool. you know and and like now that i look back at it that's when i was like healing and the serpent you know part of like this broader medicine wheel of my life kind of so it was weird there was like serpents and then colibris and then i went to the jungle um and the funny part is like i'm getting chills now it's funny but the place in the jungle so i was looking online i'm like retreat centers peru amazon jungle and i found this place um that you know was like on this website escape artist or something where there's like retreat centers for sale uh called casa del otorongo so you get this colibri otorongo um and yeah i just was like really feeling like hey this might be the place this is really interesting at the same time i was i had followed hamilton souther's journey quite a lot from like you know just seeing his content online and you know the movies he had produced and you know, I, I tried to absorb as much as I could from from him. He was like one of the few guys that was like, you know, putting out a lot of content back then and stuff. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I was like looking at this retreat center. Then I was like over on a video of his listening to him tell his story. And then I hear him talk about like the village where he met his teachers and and he, it's like Genaro Herrera. And then I'm like, wait, what? Isn't that? And then I go, I look at the retreat center. I'm like, whoa, it's the same place. Like, place. Um, so I'm like, whoa, like, yeah, this is the place. Um, so, yeah. so that like that little thing is kind of what clicked it and cemented it for me. Where I'm like, yep, that's the place. I'm going to go there and like, I'm going to go there and like learn from the same lineage as Hamilton. And like, I'm just going to show up and like, you know, go knock on Alberto's Don door, door. Yeah. and just like go from there. Right. Um, that was my plan. So then I started exiting from the company I was at, um, you know, I started like, you know, packing up. I moved back to my parents' house for like a few months before, you know, shooting off. I was in Mexico for didn't, a little bit. Didn't you buy the place off the internet though? You didn't, you didn't actually go see it first, right? Yeah. I, I, I did like a video call on WhatsApp with, with the two guys who owned it at the time, uh, Chris and Paul, uh, great guys, uh, from England. And, um, yeah, I just did like a video tour and then I was like, all right. And like, at that point I was already decided. So I wanted it. So I didn't want anyone else to get it, you know? So, so I was like, all right, um, let's do this. Like I'll make a deposit. So I literally just sent a deposit, like in good faith, wow. like <laughs> That's huge. to these two guys. Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like how I decided on it. Um, and then I went down there after spending a bit of time in Mexico, you know, and they met me in Iquitos, one of them, and he showed me like how to take the rapido and how to get there and like all that it's, stuff. It can be a little complicated, that's for sure. Yeah, right? For the first time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was, um, yeah, and then I, the idea was to spend, um, you know, X weeks with these guys, like check out the place, make sure everything's good, and then kind of learn the ropes and like have them pass the baton with um, how to run the place and, you know, get to know some of the people in the village and, yeah. um, you know, the people that they had worked with previously and stuff like that. So yeah, I get down there, I spend some time with them and then they're like, and, and they ran the place as essentially like an adventure hostel kind of, right, you know, deeper right. in the jungle. They right. did a little bit of medicine work. They had a maestro they worked with, but that was on kind of a, you know, ad hoc basis, let's say, right? It wasn't right. the primary intention of the place. Um, but then I'm looking through the photos, you know, on Facebook, and I saw that the initial owner was, you know, this guy from France named Alex, um, which I found out later, his name and everything. But so when I'm down there, they're like, oh, Jake, by the way, um, Alex, the original, like, guy who came down here and, like, started this place from scratch and, um 
you know, sort of learned learned curanderismo here and, and you know, did that path. Uh, he wants to come back to the village. He's coming with his wife like this yeah. week. And they're asking like if they could stay at the retreat center because it will be nostalgic for them, obviously. Mm, yeah. um, and I was like, cool, like awesome, like for sure. And so they're like, anyway, we got to introduce him to you on WhatsApp because we told him like, you know, you're going to be the new owner. So you're going to need to, you know, say yes or no or whatever. Right. And I was like, yeah, like, cool, man. Nice to meet you. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, you're welcome anytime. And um, I was so excited to like, kind of meet someone who had, you know, walked the path that I was on. Mm, yeah. Um, and then basically, I get in contact with him and I see his last name and his last name is Ouvray. So it's a French last name. So then I'm like, whoa, because like the name that I saw in ceremony eight years before it you know, was Avery, right? But it, it was Ouvray. I just didn't know that it's a French name. French name. Uh... Yeah. Um, and then the map that I saw wasn't Africa. It was South America because they both have this sort of elephant, you know. Uh, shape, right, 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 right. And the yeah. place on the map is literally exactly where Casa del is, right? So it was oh, like, no way. and that was in 2014 when I was at the way in. And that's mm. when we just started building the place. Like it, it didn't even fully exist yet, you know? So it was just oh. like, really cool um nice. anyway so that's kind of my story of like how i got there and you know where i came from you know stuff like that cool and then so but you didn't go straight into plant medicine you you decided to when we first started talking i mean you found me through another podcast with scott Britton, and yeah. we were doing the alberto viodo sessions and at that time, you're like, yeah, I've got this place, but I'm not really wanting to do, not sure if I want to do plant medicine and that sort of thing. But you were focusing more on the cultivation of medicinal plants and reforestation, right? Is that? Yeah. So when I first got down there, um, you know, I started to meet people and I started to talk with everyone. And I wanted to just kind of figure out the lay of the land before I sort of, you know, signed up with a teacher, um, mm. you know? And a lot of people cautioned me about, you know, some of the different, you know, possible maestros that there are to work with in the village, um, including like the French guy, Alex, who started the place, like he sort of uh, was very like cautionary in terms of like some of the stories he was telling me and stuff like that based on his own experience, um, you know, and and he kind of told me like, look, there's no one here that that's really like appropriate to work with. And, um, you know, the, you, the only path is to sort of like go on your own and, you know, stuff like that. But hmm. that also didn't, that also didn't resonate with me fully. Yeah. Like I, I felt, you know, there's some of his story mixed into that, you know, they're like, you know, people yeah. have varying experiences and stuff like that, but it was enough to sort of get me to like pause a little bit and be like, you know what, let's tread carefully. Hmm. Like, let's get to know everyone here first. Let's learn how to live in the jungle. Um, let's learn how to manage this place. Um, you know, and, and I had also just come out of like, you know, a chapter of like over a decade of like, you know, working super hard and, and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take my time, like smell the flowers, so to speak in uh -huh. life and just like, you know, take a bit of drink a the nectar of life. Exactly. Drink the sweet <laughs> of life. Um, so yeah, that, that was like at that time what I was feeling. Um, and then I also like, I lived in the jungle for a while, but I was also like, I kind of want like a modern home to like complement my lifestyle here. Like mm. I love nature. I love the jungle. I love, you know, getting right into it. But there's also like something to be said again about this integration and sort of walking the middle way and being yeah. a bridge. Right. And, and sort of having a foot in the modern world and having a foot in that world. And when I did a lot of like sort of inner journeying there and, you know, meditating and like reflecting, that's what I kept landing on is like, look, this is your path, but like, you're not meant right now to just go be the guy who's like dieta, 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 and sort of yeah. shrugs the rest of the world. <laughs> it's like, you're here for a reason and you're, you're to have like a foot firmly in, in sort of both worlds. That, that was the feeling I had at the time, at least. Um, nice. yeah. And I had this experience, um, actually with mushrooms where, you know, I was doing a ceremony very structured and, you know, with intention and, and all of that. Um, and I just had this huge feeling like hit my heart where I was like, um, almost, it felt like, not like disgust in a, in a super bad way, but in an emotion of like, whoa, like the life I was living in this whole modern world, 
like we're so disconnected from the earth mm. like we're not rooted in like i was in tech companies we're building software and you know yeah. there's this whole world of like software that integrates with software that and it's so very <laughs> and mental and sort of ungrounded and i had this like deep feeling and i had already started um sort of gathering some of the the trees like wakapu and stuff like that that's like under pressure there just as uh -huh. like a fun thing to do because i'm super interested in plants like at that level too um and then i was like whoa like and and i just got this huge feeling in my heart that like overwhelming kind of from the land there and everything that like you need to like do reforestation that's a huge mm. part of your mission like it's like agricultural yeah. and you know regenerating the forest and like helping the forest and stuff like that and so after that experience i was like wow like that's the work that's in front of me for now i'm going to put my head down focus on that um and i was also like thinking about it like what a cool way i'm getting a lot of chills now um to to like actually start this like medicine and dieting process it's like this mm. is a long-term thing like get to know the trees like care for them from a seed mm -hmm. see how they grow like you know and um become like someone who reciprocates to the jungle and who cares for it and stuff before you go on to your path and stuff like that nice. so um yeah that was kind of the feeling i had and, and i reflected a lot then on how i didn't see that many like retreat centers or places that were like as focused on that you know right. so i was like hey like aren't we all missing something like isn't there a little more reciprocity to be done for the actual like earth itself at this very mm -hmm. like practical level right um, so then I, that, that just became the thing that was my work in the jungle was searching through the jungle, finding the mother trees, looking for seeds, seedlings, like, you know, getting bags of soil and like, it's kind of hard to grow things in, in that part of the jungle. Like, um, so there's a whole process, um, and just, yeah, that's what I dove into. So now we have like thousands and thousands of, you know different variety well not thousands of varieties but thousands of trees and like hundreds of varieties of different medicinal plants and trees and like this huge nursery um you know on our land as well so that's kind of cool um and i see that becoming a big part of the way that we do retreats at casa del otorongo is reciprocating to the earth like mm -hmm. setting intentions like planting seeds like literally um you know before you you know drink the medicine and, and stuff like that and having that be like a part of your journey down there and 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 stuff like that so um nice. yeah <laughs> yeah well and, and um and then we met through you you signed up for um some alberto viodo four wind society energy medicine doing a series of illuminations and soul retrieval mm -hmm. and you knew ahead of time that I had my camp was also in Hanaro Herrera. And so immediately we kind of just hit it off like, what? You're in Hanaro Herrera? What? what? This is insane because you know, the chances of that happening uh, are so slim. And then you just took to the viola work like a fish to water. I mean, it was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> hundred percent. And to interject, like how that came to be, Zach, thanks for reminding me there is like, I don't even know if I fully explained that to you ever. I think we might've mm -hmm. at some point, but like, so I was here actually at this exact hostel that I'm at right now in Iquitos and it was around Christmas time. And I had decided that year not to go back and see my family that like, I needed to like, you know, work on, you know, bringing this all to life down here. So I was down here for like Christmas. Um, and I was, just coming out of the jungle after, I don't know how long I was in there, maybe a month or so, doing like a lot of hard work on the reforestation side. Um, mm -hmm. And I was, my body was going through something like, I don't know if I had been sick. I think I was a bit sick and I was, you know, pretty sunburnt and just like I was in a, um, in the thick of like not feeling so great, you know, mm -hmm. um, feeling pain in my body, stuff like that. So then I was like, I felt this feeling. I'm like, okay, like, I'm doing all the work, like I'm here, like, you know, I'm determined, like I'm decided on this path, like, you know, but I haven't found like a teacher yet. I haven't found, you know, this shamanic path, like that I want to walk um, and that I feel called, you know, to be of service uh, to. And so I literally just like reflected to my higher self and was like, okay, like, and spirit, like, 
where is the path? Where's the teacher? You know, which direction do I go in now? Like I'm ready for this, you know? Um, and it was a bit out of like frustration almost. And some, and that's a beautiful thing I think about frustration is that it's this like ev evolutionary tool that, you know, causes you to, to move forward sometimes mm. and to um, progress, right? That's, it, that's what it does for us. We get frustrated with something. And so we seek out, you know, something new. Um, and mm. so I basically, after that, like literally like almost right after that, I go to like the kind of communal area. I've got my laptop. I'm just on LinkedIn. I spend a bunch of time on LinkedIn. If, if anyone watching is on there, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, connect with each other. Um, but so I'm on LinkedIn and I see this podcast get shot out by this guy, Loic Lemure. So he's a really cool guy um, because he was a very successful entrepreneur, a VC, um, you know, and he went to go live in the forest in, I think, Brazil, or mm. I, I might be mistaken, I think Brazil or Colombia, um, you know, and, and I don't know his full story, but he spent like a year there doing different diets and kind of learning with with indigenous and stuff. Uh, so, okay. so he's an interesting guy um, that we should probably talk to at some point. I'm kind yeah. of in contact with him. But and then basically, he sends this um, post out and it's like, VP finance, or, or like something like, Fi right. VP sales in finance becomes shaman and then goes back into finance after or something, right? That's like how he yeah. wrote it. And then just had the link and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch that podcast. That's pretty cool because I'm really interested in, again, people who walk, you know, in both, both worlds, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm like, cool. So I click it, I start watching and that was you. And that was with Scott. <laughs> um, yeah. So Scott Britton and Zach uh, doing this podcast. And at that time you were explaining how you had done, you know, a tremendous amount of work with ayahuasca. And that's where I learned about, whoa, his training was also in Hinaro Herrera, like, whoa. Um, and then that now you had discovered, you know, this Violdo work, this, you know, Quero based lineage that, you know, this kind of Andean, Andean form of shamanism. Um, and so, yeah, like, I was like, whoa. And, and that's what, opened me up to that was I was like, here's this guy who's like, you know, got all these, you know, thousand plus ceremonies under his belt and who's, you know, had his own retreat center, worked with ayahuasca to this depth. And then he's saying like, this stuff is so potent and it has like a tremendous amount of efficacy to it. And I was able to, you know, heal patterns that were present in my life, you know, for, for still through after all that work. And I think you had also mentioned the uh, some of the meditation or yoga retreats you had done and like it just I was like here's this guy who's done a tremendous amount of work and he's saying that and I'm like there must be something to that and I knew right then based on the question I was asking before that okay that's like the path is to like learn whatever he's learned and you know get in contact with him so I went on your website then I watched like all your videos and then I was like cool I'm gonna like sign up and like receive the healing that Zach provides you know through these techniques and then like get to know it through that and then, you know, go from there basically. Um, but I was already pretty clear. I was like, yeah, that's what it's going to be like. Okay, oh, cool. cool. Yeah. So that was it. So that was actually how then I, uh, you know, how we got like synced up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Super. Yeah. It's again, synchronicities and we've, we've done some, or I guess we you've done some, you're more into astrology and I'm more into human design and, um, gene keys and they're just things are just lining up perfectly in fact there's some things that you said earlier that just point exactly to what the gene keys point to we're not going to get into it because it would get too much in the weeds obviously for a podcast mm -hmm. but it's just the synchronicities just keep popping and it's it's really fun the other thing and i want to get back to this idea of the the grounded medicine work um because in fact, before this podcast, we were talking about, I really want to get these, um, these YouTube videos to kind of pop better in terms of viewership. And oh, and by the way, now I forget to say, hey, if you like this content, hit the button below and subscribe. That'll help us out a lot. Anyway, with that said, <laughs> with that said, I'm trying to figure out how to to get the YouTube channel going. And I'm like, oh, what about thumbnails using AI pictures that are kind of psychedelic? And he brought us back in or brought me back in going, hold on, is that the kind of work or the, the image that we're really going for? And I, I said, oh, thank you. Because, you know, I, the, the way 
both lineages, both the Alberto Viodo and the um, Mestizo lineage of uh, Don Julio Jarena, it's what well, it's beautiful, no question, but it's not a lot of flair. In fact, the 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 less flair and more effective yeah. it can be, the better, um, because it's efficient, and that's what we're going for: solid outcomes rather than. I mean, you can you're always going with ayahuasca. You're going to have crazy experiences. That's just part of the deal, but it's it. The way these two lineages work is just really grounded in, okay, what are we trying to do? We're trying to heal. We're trying to protect. And we're going to really, really focus on those things rather than other stuff. Um, in fact, there's a, a great story that Yildo talks about where he goes and visits uh, a group of shaman who are working on people in a village. And... The first guys go and they do their, you know, singing, and and then the next guy does all this stuff to him. Okay, then the old guy, the patient sits in front of him. The old guy looks at him. And that's it. And what, what he's explained is that, that he asked what was why the old guy, all he did was that. He says, well, the old guy... He knew his shit. He just, he had no time or energy. All of his energy and focus was on how do I fix this right there? Whereas the others were still learning. And not to, not to say that, that um, yeah, I, I, well, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that that idea, that sentiment is very present in the Violda work and it's very present in the Don Julio Jarena uh, lineage and um, yeah it, it you you really brought that forth nicely as we were talking about the marketing because the, the, the marketing needs to reflect that grounded um, <clears throat> very effective approach um, that does connect with the ethereal, the the spirit world, but is also very much grounded in like, okay, what are we what are we trying to do here? Um, and so, yeah, super super cool that you brought that um, brought me back into that in that conversation. And it, I think it's it's I want to bring that that to or circle back to that in this in the conversation right now. I'm kind of babbling at this moment, but <laughs> so uh, what? Um, we, we've talked about, and I'd, I'd like you to share what your idea for Casa Otorongo is. I mean, obviously, we're doing retreats together there, um, and you've talked about making it kind of a, um, an, a digital nomad place to stay long-term, maybe stay of the medicine. And then we also just started talking about your, your future plans outside of Casa Otorongo as well. Totally. Um... Yeah, so the way I, I see it is really thinking about the Otorongo itself, right? The Otorongo is a protective spirit in many ways, and it's a protective spirit of the forest, right? Um, you know, it's Otorongo the, is jaguar, by the way, for those jaguar. who don't. Yes, yeah, in <laughs> and particularly like a mother jaguar, the protective mother that is, you know, fiercely like the guardian of the forest mm. in some way, right? And that doesn't really have a predator for the most part. Um, and that, you know, is, is sort of like this, like alpha mama protective spirit, right. Um, with many other dimensions to it, but that's one thing. And so the mission that I have for Casa Torongo, the purpose is two branches. So one is protecting the forest, protecting the jungle. And the other is sharing its medicine with the people. So it's that two, that, you know, two-pronged approach. And within protecting the forest is regenerative agroforestry systems for anyone that, you know, likes to geek out on that stuff. That's, you know, learning the plants. Um, you know, eventually I want to actually like on the share the medicine with the people part and how they bridge together is create these medicine forests, you know, take as parts of the jungle that have been turned into either buffalo pastures or, um, you know, been deforested create new jungle, help the jungle to regenerate, but be strategic in the way that you do that, where you plant, you know, 
medicinal plants um, that can, you know, then turn into non-timber based products that mm. you can share with other people. And so then you get the forest kind of helping to work for itself in that way to also, you know, be able to even, um, you know, channel like financial energy back into what it what it's doing and, and to help everything to grow. And then at the same time, bring people to the jungle, have retreats, right, serve medicine to people, and just create that like healing medicine circle, um, that that team of people that, you know, helps with the other arm of the approach. Um, so that's really the vision. And within both arms, there's a lot of interesting things that we can do. Um, you know, I see having a laboratory down there, like an alchemical mm. sort of laboratory. Anyone who knows what spagyrics are, which are basically, you know, herbal tinctures and concoct concoctions that are made in a way that harnesses like the body and soul and spirit of the plant and also harnesses the planetary energy like from the from the cosmos that's you know the ruler of each plant and then like looking at people's you know energetic architecture their natal charts and understanding how can we help to heal their soul by administering the right plants that are appropriate remedies based on them specifically and trying to learn all of that in the jungle that's mapped out a lot in the kind of european sort of world um mm -hmm. but it's not in the jungle necessarily the way that they think about plants so and that's a lot the kind of sachamama the serpent you know kind of kind of medicine so i want to have that aspect to it mm -hmm. um you know and, and and have it be a place of learning too like like a school or university for people who are on this path of learning about plants and spirituality but also um, integrating the the Sierra and the Selva, so the mountains and the jungle, because that's what you know we've we, we've come to learn, and that's kind of the path that that we're both on is like we've learned you know from the energy of the mountains, and we've learned from the energy or our learning from the energy of both, mm -hmm. and you know again integrating the Yin Yang is just like where it's at for me in in so many ways. Um, so that's really the vision of the place. And then what Zach touched on about this nomad idea, when I first got down there too, I was looking at the way retreats were done and I just couldn't help but see them as this sort of like slingshot into this like insane retreat, have all these like incredible breakthroughs and then whew, right back into life. And that's kind of yeah. jarring. Um, a lot of people talk about that and, you know, the integration piece is on the tip of everyone's tongue, but it's sort of, it's not given, I'd say enough um like diligence or attention like it seems like you know it's sort of an afterthought that's tacked on and now it's mm. also part of the marketing um but really just like now that people can work online there's you know internet there's starlink you know thanks to to musk and and all those yeah. folks you know like we can really now really integrate the two worlds in a way that wasn't possible before so you know come on down to the jungle get a three-month visa into Peru, drink medicine, heal, transform, learn plants, get your hands in the garden, like, and like live there and then take some time, like emerge back into your professional life, got your laptop, you got a cool place to work, you're surrounded by other people that are, you know, got a foot in both world too. Um, yeah. and, and just like create a, a space that can have more of that integration take place over longer periods of time. And also like harness and ally with the plants to be able to like envision and create what you're doing in the world professionally too, right? Mm -hmm. And have it all fuel each other. So that's kind of the idea. What, what you just said, it just hit me how there is a lot of, even more than lip service around integration. However, generally the way people approach integration from a retreat center or a, a practitioner standpoint is to be like, oh, well, go talk to a therapist or go get some coaching. But I mean, we talk about, yeah, go spend time in nature, but we never, we have yet to, it's not our fault. I mean, we, we haven't been able to say, oh, spend time in nature. In fact, it's right here. You just stay here for you know, a couple days a week, rather than going straight back and getting on a plane or running off to Cusco, um, you know, having to travel to, to, to do that. Um, and I, it's true, I don't, I don't know a lot of places that allow 
uh, a huge amount of post-retreat integration. Um, I, I think there are a few places, definitely, but um, yeah, I love that, that it's, it's an actual integration itself is just being in the jungle, right? And um, I'm looking forward to that as a, you know, uh, as a facilitator is seeing how much faster my recovery time might be post-retreat by being in the jungle. Because I do remember when I lived deeper in the jungle in, in the Akayaku um, with my retreat center there, yeah, it'd take me a couple of days and I'd be, feel great. And I think part of it was just, there just wasn't a huge amount of stimulation that was like, wow, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was just in the jungle, just chilling out and I could really bounce back very quickly. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, yeah, cool. I like too, Zach, that you said the word recovery. That was also what struck me when I was down there is that people talk about integration, but they don't use the word recovery that much, mm. right? Because it's like, in some way, I don't know, maybe people feel that that's like saying that you weren't like healed or that something was withdrawn from you or that, you know, but the thing is like, yeah, it's an energetically intense process. And I think mm. the same way, like an athlete thinks about their recovery is like, there, there's this recovery phase, which is almost pre-integration, which is just nourishing your literal vitality again for a while. Yeah. And yeah, that will be very interesting to see how that plays out for people in the jungle. Um, and then uh, Don Howard Lawler, I just was looking at a lot of his content because he always resonated with me. He has, I think, a lot of that down-to-earth sort of mindset or or sort of had, and it, it still lives mm. on. But, you know, he, he, he said he was like, the ideal integration with ayahuasca is to spend, you know, months in the same location where you drank the medicine, you know, and, and that in his opinion, after all his years and sort of close to the end of his life and the interviews he was giving... That was like his advice. Hmm. Now, the other thing is, it's not just obviously the retreat centers that like may or may not be offering this. It's also just like human beings often didn't have that time and space in their lives because of their oh. professional obligations. Um, whereas now there's so many entrepreneurs, there's so many solopreneurs, there's so many content creators, there's so many, you know, nomadic type people. And just because of the way that the internet and everything's developed since then in COVID and, you know, some of the silver lining of what it brought is just the world's a lot more comfortable with that sort of remote work setup now. And yeah. so I think that also is one of the factors that like, um, there's like the side of like, people didn't even have the chance with the way their life was set up before kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. like, so cool. Um, does that mean that for this upcoming retreat in February, people can stay on Casa Otorongo for a couple days a week to do that? Or even long. I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, I, I'm asking you the question. What what's the the what will be the setup after that retreat? Yeah, great question. So um, you can get up to a 90 day visa in Peru. Um, you can even extend it, but 90 is is tends to be what you're granted. Um, and so, if you want to come down and you know drink medicine. Um, be a part of this retreat and then and then live thereafter like we're set up for that like we will we will welcome you um you know there'll, there'll be a cost to it of course you know um and stuff like that but like sure. that's that's the total vision um and we're gonna have starlink internet and like all of that stuff set up so it's like come on down and integrate and get to know the jungle and 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 get to know the people right like out of out of everything i just got a ton of chills on that out of everything that about the jungle, I knew I would love, like I've been enamored by plants forever. I love the wilderness, like, you know, all of that stuff. Um, the thing that surprised me the most when I got there was the people, like how profound it was to like have this place and be a part of this community. And like, I just, I couldn't have foresaw that. Like that was the thing when I got down there, I was like, oh, like that's potent medicine. Like the world doesn't live like this. Like and I hadn't lived like that, you know, I grew up in like GTA, like, you know, it was just, so that I think is something that, yes, not necessarily when you're in your most energetically open, more vulnerable state, are we sort of going out and mixing energies with, you know, everyone and their cousin in the village. But once you are, you know, sort of through your recovery phase and into this integration phase, I really want to play a role and I want Casa Otorongo to play a role in the village helping, you know, the kids, you know, 
doing stuff like that, like just interacting with the human beings who are also part of the nature and the medicine of the place, frankly. Right. And um, so that, that was it. That was a huge thing for me. Like just walking and being like, Whoa, you say hi to like every single, everybody. Like, you know, it's like, like, and if you're shy and and stuff like that, which I, I could have those tendencies sometimes a little shy, a little more introverted. Like it's like, it's full on, right? Like you, you have like, 36 faces looking at you and smiling at you like as you walk down like a little road calling you primo and like you know all this stuff right so it's it's pretty um that i think for people who haven't experienced is a potent medicine like in and of itself it's community right it's iu it's like the thing that we're kind of missing in the modern world and that we need to come back to um and i think that's a huge part of what we want to do too is create community create a network of families of people and iu that that like spans the globe eventually right of people who have come through our doors and that are a part of you know this um this otorongo ayu over time right so um that's kind of the idea <laughs> yeah it's it's nuts um i have a big smile as you you say you're saying this because that's literally after i was in Herrera for a couple of weeks we were out we went on a hike i think we went and cooked some ayahuasca and alberto's chakra and um on the way back, I was like, wow, it's, this is just this village, this living this life for a short period of time is healing unto itself. It doesn't necessarily have to involve uh, plant medicine. I think that's also part of your your idea, too, is to offer retreats that don't necessarily involve drinking uh, ayahuasca. Um, and then, you know, crazy things happen to me. Like within two weeks of living in Herrera, I ended up attending a birth of this this young girl i don't even i was invited along and i was there for the birth um which is pretty crazy in itself and then um uh, was named the godfather and this is all within two weeks of of, of you know showing up in Arreda. and that kind of stuff happens yeah. in this little village and it's really really uh, really heartwarming yeah really nice yeah. It is. I'm getting tons of chills on that. That's so cool, Zach. That's like amazing. So you're actually a godfather. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's the type of thing. There's these crazy experiences, um, just connecting heart to heart with the people. A fun one that happened to me while I was there was it was kind of the tail end of the pandemic at some point. And it was the Carnival or the, Mm -hmm. they call it in the village, Anaconda Festival, which, you know, what they told me at the time was usually it takes place like sprawling throughout the village. People form this like snake together and they dance through the village and they go from house to house and they, you know, drink aguardiente and, you know, they, they have a lot of fun and they embrace the chaos of the jungle and celebrate the chaos of the jungle and wear crazy costumes and throw mud and paint and God knows what at each other. And, you know, just get right into the mess of it. And it's like a multi-day sort of party. Um, but then because of, the COVID thing, um, the police were like, look, our village is pretty chill. We don't really have a lot of COVID, but like, if we do the party in the streets, it's going to get on social media and the other villages are going to be like, look at these guys, like not respecting the rules and whatnot. So he was like this year, like it has to be done like at your own home and like away and like hidden and stuff like that. So then obviously the people still wanted to like go for it. So all these neighbors from like our neck of town came to to me at the house and they're like oh jake like can we have the party at your house like you have big land and like a big house it'd be like perfect and stuff like that so this was like when i had just got there this was like during my first three months there and then i'm like all right for sure like let's do it and i had no idea what i was getting myself into um then like a few hours later people show up with this big like cut massive palm tree they're like looking at like the land they pick a spot they like hoist up this huge palm tree that they like decorate almost like a mix of a christmas tree and a pinata with all these little gifts and like anything from like used soccer jerseys to like pots and pans to like bananas and fruit like on this tree um and then they like lifted it up and it's like it was like as tall as the house like you know i don't know how tall it is but it's really high um and you know so then that's all taking place and then that night all the kids came dressed in like halloween type costumes dancing around you know and normally they dance around the tree, but they were in the house because it was dark. They're dancing around this like support that we have in the house. Like their parents are there, everyone. 
they're drinking masato and and everything else and then the next day was the actual like festival and we must have had like i literally think like over 200 people maybe 300 that like showed up yeah every spot was like occupied on the land and everyone was dancing <laughs> around this tree and like it became like a mosh pit mud pit like because the grass got all stomped on so it, and it was wet and rainy and so the mud everyone's throwing at each other and dancing and like um it was to the point where there was like smaller parties like off of that were still on the land but they couldn't fit so they were like other groups like it was like a whole scene um and that was like part of my like welcome initiation like into like there and that was such a cool like once in a lifetime kind of experience um just because of the nature of the pandemic yeah it was it was wild and so that kind of stuff like it just cracks your heart like wide open and stuff you know and, and i was kind of like little shy and like timid and like finding my you know jungle feet under me and stuff so at one point this one lady one of my neighbors she comes up to me i'm kind of sitting on the sideline she grabs me and like takes me into the mud pit and starts like <laughs> you know dancing with me and stuff and throwing mud in my face and then these girls showed me how the way they dance and you know it was it was just like an awesome experience so that's the type of stuff there's like far out experiences that are awaiting you so <laughs> yeah yeah and outside of outside of plant medicine so yeah yeah, yeah. um well cool and and in an Another podcast or, or um, announcement, I, I talked about the, um, or several of them with Michael and so forth, talked about the illuminations and, and soul retrievals and so forth. Do you have anything you want to um, bring in on that point of the Alberto Viodo Four Winds work? Yeah, I mean, based on what we were just talking about, one of the things that's so profound about it is the... Um, sort of way that it can fit in with your everyday life right like when you go and you make the time and space like you should you know if you're going to commune with a medicine like ayahuasca you know it's it's required because of the how this might not be the right word but like how dramatic it is sort of in a way right or how mm. um severe or um intense it is as as the yeah. person going through it um and so that's something that's just stands out about this type of work is it is so potent. It is so efficacious. Like, you know, it, it, the outcomes are so profound and it doesn't mean you still don't have inner work to do after an integration. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not a magic pill and, and things like that, but you could receive an illumination. You could receive a soul retrieval and then you could like, go jump on a podcast or, you know, your, oh. your next Zoom call right after, right? Frankly, perhaps not always. Um, everyone's different. I've had actually experiences where Zach was giving me an illumination that was very somatic. Um, one of them, when I was in Lima in, in like an Airbnb there, I was like burping a ton and my stomach and everything after just really kind of hurt. And I had this whole kind of stomach experience. And then one, when I was in the jungle, in one of the new Malokas that we built that, you know, you'll see they're 12 sided to represent uh, the whole, you know, astral, all the con constellations and stuff, if you come down. Um, and I was in one of those getting an illumination from Zach and like quite literally, and it seemed to be Zach, every time you were singing the Icaros of a lot of the yeah. trees, um, yeah. Zach was like, these trees are just pulling this out of you. It's crazy. And I would like, I had to run to the edge of the Maloka and literally purge, you know, during the illumination, like several times, you know, and, and, um, and I was laying there receiving the illumination and feeling this. And as I was like settling more into it and just not hold, cause my stomach, I could feel stuff. And then I'm like, okay, just settle into it, breathe through it and let it. And then that's when I was like, yep, I need to go. And, and I didn't actually puke much. It was a lot of dry heaving and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, but it was like full on, you know, physical purging that, that also came with it. Right. So, um, that can happen, but it doesn't seem to be the case most of the time. And I brought that in for that point, but also to explain, um, because you touched on that in the beginning, Zach, how we had like some kind of potent, like, uh, experiences or how like, uh, the energetic medicine, I was sensitive to it or whatever from the beginning or something. So that's just to, to what you were talking about, um, gotcha. with that little story there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's it's going to be exciting to bring it. I, I've I've been working with it in ceremony, and uh, you know, obviously that's going to take it to yet another level. And I've mentioned in other podcasts how 
how excited I am to get um, the, the, a different result from working with ayahuasca and the Violdo work is this uh, sensitivity, creating sensitivity um, to their, one's energetic body through the illuminations uh, by combining the two together. I keep harping on that because uh, I think it's such a cool thing, but yeah, yeah. I'm super stoked and uh, cool. I think um, anything, I think we're coming close to the end here. Any Anything yeah. else you'd like to add? No, just on the last point you said, um, I think that's another special thing about being a practitioner and exploring that type of work. The, you know, Andean shamanism, the energetic medicine, the four winds sort of protocols is that like, you you need to learn to be more sensitive to this subtle nature of energy which i think is just a beautiful like training in and of itself that makes you feel um again that you're like kind of in this world too while you're in that world and you're sort of like in this like integrated space when you're actually doing the work and you you know learn to enter you know your own perceptive state um to be able to do this work but like what's so interesting about it is then it allows you to see how that veil is just so thin and that you know you can sort of harness that aspect of yourself in your everyday life and stuff you know and I think that's another cool part about you know because I know a lot of the people that might be listening Zach based on the community that you've you know created over time and stuff a lot of folks are sort of on the medicine path themselves a little bit in terms of like learning right so if anyone feels sort of called towards that uh, type of stuff, I think that's another beautiful thing about it is that uh, you get to train your sensitivities a lot um, so that you're not reliant on always, you know, having a firm, you know, grab by the ear from from maybe a potent plant medicine to to enable you to get to certain places and to see aspects of yourself and stuff. So that's another thing to tack on. But Yeah, totally, totally. And yeah, I would I would say anybody who, is um, on the plant medicine path or is flirting with one or the either energy, shamanic energy medicine or plant medicine um, and just unsure, definitely check out the Four Winds um, content um, and then maybe, you know, illuminations and soul retrievals and so forth. Um, but I recommend all the people who have studied with me, if you can, if you can swing the tuition, absolutely go for it it can only be it can only be additive to one's plant medicine path uh, absolutely yeah um so cool um i think that's i think we're wrapping up thank you so much uh, jake and um again our first retreat is going to be february 10th through the 18th 2024, uh, Hinaro Herrera. It's going to be four ayahuasca ceremonies, uh, five illuminations, a soul retrieval, and a destiny retrieval. And uh, it will be so much fun with mommy and poppy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Jake. Thank everyone for watching. And uh, we'll see you on uh, the next video slash podcast. Or in the jungle. Or in the jungle. Si nous y allons, 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 Claro, claro, despejado, mundo y mundo y enterito, irá, irá, la bombilla, pura, pura, metes. Limpia, limpia, cuerpo y cito, limpia, limpia, chungonito, limpia, limpia, santitito, limpia, limpia, chungonito. 